Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Am I on? All right. Praise God. Hallelujah. I never need to ask it. I think I'm usually on. <laughs> Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Put, uh, if you will, let's put uh, 1 John chapter 5, verse 4 up on the board, if you will. We have this year been focusing, amen, our, a lot of our energies and time uh, on Sunday mornings uh, concerning uh, what the Lord told us at the beginning of the year, that this was the year of the overcomer, praise God, amen. And so we have come at this from about every angle you can think of. Amen. The last several weeks we've been talking about having a no limits mentality. Amen. That nothing is impossible with God. Amen. Look at your neighbor and say, nothing's impossible. How there's nothing too hard for God. Nothing is impossible. So no matter what it is that we need to overcome, amen, we can do that. Praise God. Amen. So let me get to it here in my own uh, notes here. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. So, verse 4, please. Let's read that together. Amen. It says this, For whatever is born of God overcomes the world. Look at your neighbor and say, that's probably you. It should be you, right? So, if you've been born of God, it says that you're an overcomer. Now, that says whatever is born of God. So, it could be, you know, it could be uh, anything that comes out of God that's been birthed out of God Amen. That uh, has come out of God. It has overcoming ability in it. Amen. Whatever is born of God overcomes the world. Now this word overcome, uh, we're going to go ahead and define it again. Nikeo is the Greek word. It means to subdue, to conquer, to prevail, to get or gain a decisive victory. So whatever is born of God, amen, subdues, it conquers, it prevails. It gets or gains a decisive victory. Amen. And then it says, and this is the victory. That word victory is the word Nike, all right, which means, amen, conquest or triumph. It means the means of success, the means of a breakthrough or progress. Amen. The means of success. So you, we've all, if we've been born of God, you're an overcomer, you overcome the world, and this is your means of success or your victory, amen, that has overcome the world. What is it? It's our faith. Now that's going to be pretty key with some of the things we're going to talk about today. In other words, this is, your, this is the means to your success. In other words, if you're going to overcome anything, amen, see you are an overcomer. Look at your neighbor and say you're an overcomer. Let's do that again. You're an overcomer. Now that's part of your identity because of the greater one that's on the inside of you. Chapter 4 and verse 4 says, Greater is he who's in, in you, amen, than he who's in the world. Amen. So the greater one is on the inside. Seeds of greatness are on the inside of you. You have potential to succeed and overcome anything. All right. Now back to chapter 5, verse 4 again. It says, This is your means of success, all right? This is how it happens, is through your faith, all right? So your, your faith, the Greek word there, now this is all key for today, your, the Greek word there is pistis, P-I-S-T-I-S. It means belief in. So you're believing in God. So if you, how you gain your victory, how you overcome, praise God, is by believing that you're an overcomer you got to first and foremost believe that you're an overcomer. 
If every fiber you says, ah, I can't overcome, I can't make it, I can't do it, then you're going to struggle with this, all right? But we got to first and foremost believe in it, praise God. The Greek word again, pistis, means to believe in. It speaks of persuasion, conviction, assurance, amen, trust, okay, key words here today, amen. And also, I, I, I took the time and looked at it again because, you know, sometimes you get kind of rolling along and you, you know, you've been there, you've studied it, you've done it for years and kind of went back over it all again and, and uh, it says this, especially reliance. Literally says, especially reliance or reliance upon. In other words, you're relying on Depending on, amen. So if you're gonna if you're gonna have a means of success to overcome, means you're gonna have to rely on, amen. Depend on, amen. God to get you through this, amen. Which means this. Now, as you study it, it means this: no more options except God. Now, last week we talked. You know, we were talking about, uh, you know, uh, about. The unusual, how God will do the unusual, unusual miracles, amen, to help people overcome things, to, uh, to, to protect and, and to guard over you. He'll do the unusual. But the thing we found out that's connected and at least threaded through the majority of that, of the unusual, the impossible things happening, the unusual things happening, is a commitment on the part of the believer Amen. you got to be committed to this thing. Otherwise, you're backing up every time the pressure's on. You're, you're, you're throwing in the hand just because another obstacle rises in front of you. If, you. if you're not willing to stay with it, stick with it, stay on top of it, praise God. You'll always guarantee a victory. You're guaranteed success if you'll stay with it, praise God. It's when we're backing up, we're in and out, we're wishy-washy. I guess we use that. Wishy-washy. Come on. We get, you know, this in and out stuff. You know, we're standing now. Now we're not standing. We're in it. We're not in it. We're believing. We're not believing. And then what happens is we don't get the victories, the success that we're, we're promised. Amen. So the means of our success is our faith. Is us relying on Him, depending on Him, believing in Him. Trusting in Him. Do you got that? Okay, so with that said, let's go now to back to Mark 9. Mark 9 and 23, please. Put that, verse 23 up first. Jesus said this. Now, of course, in context, talking to a father who brought his son who was having epileptic seizures. Um, and uh, it says, uh, you know, he uses this answer to the father. He says, if you... Talking to the Father here. If you can believe, all things are possible to him who what? Believe. Believes. If you, that, that's the contingency. If you, now hang on, this is where we're at today. If you can believe, all things are possible to him who believes. Okay? Now this word believe, okay? This word believe. It comes from the root word pistis, but it's pisteo, okay? Pisteo, okay? And so what it means, okay, kind of same, same similar as the word faith, it means to have faith in, or get this, or to have faith with respect to. And I'll, I'll touch on that here in a minute. It means to commit to trust or committed trust, 
And it means to entrust one's well-being. So let's say that. If you, if you, can, if you can commit trust in God, if you can put your trust in God, all things are going to be possible to the one that commits their trust in God. If you can, if you can uh, entrust your well-being... Now, that's key because, see, your well-being is important to you. And it's usually your concern about your well-being that hangs you up. So if you can entrust your well-being into His hands, all things are going to be possible to the one that will entrust their well-being to God. All right. If you can, come on, if you can have, if you can be committed in this thing, because that's what it's referring to, a belief that's committed. No more options. Just God. No more backing up. No more wavering. No more, you know, ill thoughts. No more secondary thoughts that try to what, cause you to be up and down. If you can stay committed with this thing, all things are going to be possible to the one that does that. Still with me? Let's go back and look at the story again. This is what today is. I had no intention going back through the story, but I knew in my heart this morning I have to do this. All right. So Mark, we'll go to chapter again, same chapter nine. We're going to go back to verse 14, please. Let me get to it in my notes here. Here we go. All right, here we go. Here's the story. All right, we're going to hear it again. Look at your neighbor and say, I'm going to get this. All right. Now, when he came to his disciples, okay, this is Jesus. When Jesus came to his disciples, okay, there's, a, there's obviously something going on here. So he's walking up on the scene, and he saw a great multitude around them and scribes disputing with them. Everybody say disputing. disputing. There's a little bit of a... A little bit of conflict going on here, okay, between the disciples, all right, and, and some religious leaders right there. Come on. So you've got to get a picture of the story now. Immediately when they saw him, all the people were greatly amazed and running to him, greeted him. Okay, so it's like, oh, good, finally, here's somebody here maybe can, you know, give us some answers. Okay, because something just happened. I said something just happened. All right. So he asked, his, he asked the scribes, what are you discussing with them? Then one of the crowd answered. So somebody, you know, somebody interrupts here. And then probably what it is is everybody's you know, a little nervous about saying anything to him. So somebody else kind of butts in a little bit here and says, teacher, I brought you my son. So this is the father now. Are you still with me? Okay, so the teacher brought, or probably said, Teacher, I brought you my son who has a mute spirit, and whenever it seizes him, it throws him down, he foams at the mouth, gnashes his teeth, in other words, goes into a seizure here, all right? Gnashes his teeth and becomes rigid. So I spoke to your disciples that they should cast it out, but they could not. So obviously they tried. Is that right? Now, that's that's why there was a dispute going on. Because they tried, okay, and obviously, uh, you know, when, as you kind of look at this, what happened is it probably happened right there in front of them. 
And so they're, 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 you know, disciples are trying to do their best to pray over this situation. Everybody's watching. Chances are, well, actually we'll see this for sure. The disciples kind of got a little bit freaked out by it. Okay? Because later they asked him, why couldn't we do it? You know? So anyway, they got a little taken back by it. All right. So he answered and said, oh, faithless generation. Literally means, you, oh, unbelieving. Everybody say unbelieving. Because it's very key here. Unbelieving generation. How long shall I be with you? How long shall I bear with you? Bring him to me. They brought him to him. So they brought the boy to him. And when he saw him, what happened? Immediately, everybody say immediately. Immediately Immediately the spirit convulsed him. It's the same thing that happened in front of the disciples is now happening in front of him. Here we go again. Okay? Same thing. Now this is all key. Okay? With the whole scenario going on. Now we're talking about overcoming. About the time you make a decision you're going to overcome, here it comes, right? Here comes the situation again. Am I not right? I mean, about the time you make a decision, I'm going all the way with God in this area. Bless God. I'm going to believe God. Wham! There it is again. And then you got a decision to make. Am I going to keep standing? Or am I going to be moved by this thing? Am I going to be convinced on the inside that nothing really happened? Or it really don't work? Or, you know, I guess I just don't have the goods? Or whatever. All kinds of thoughts run through our head. Okay, so this boy is now going into a, a, you know, a seizure here, convulsing. And, he, and it says here, and he fell on the ground, walled, foaming at the mouth. And Jesus jumped back and screamed, whoa, what's the problem? <laughs> no, amen. That's a different translation. Anyway, hallelujah. You know, he's, Jesus is really the coolest cat that ever walked the planet. And he's just being cool about it, right? Come on now. So he asked the father, he said, how long has it been like this? You know, how long has it been happening to him? And he said, well, for since childhood. Okay, now we get the story. He often thrown them both in and get the same story he said earlier. Come on, somebody. So a rehearsed deal. Now you can imagine, I bet dad's pretty, pretty overwhelmed by all this. Come on. And, and no, no, no downer on dad. I mean, this is, this is a hard thing. But, you know, after a little while, now listen, after a little while, after maybe years and years of dealing with this, pretty soon you, you, don't, you, don't, you don't look to overcome nothing. You cope. Now, this ain't, ain't nothing about this that's good. It's of the curse. And, uh, you know, he, he brings him. He hears about this Jesus guy. So he brings the son thinking maybe something can happen. Well, Jesus wasn't in the group at the time, so he said, okay, well, you guys all hang out with Jesus. You pray over him. All of a sudden, we have something that goes on. Pretty soon now, they're all kind of saying whether this stuff works or don't work. And you got religious leaders trying to debate their case about, you know, God probably made them this way. Come on, the normal debates. You know, is God really healed now or is that all passed away with the disciples uh, well, of course, they're, they're disciples, but you get the point. It's the same kind of arguments, you know. Uh, you know, you know does, is Jesus really the same yesterday, today, and forever? Come on, somebody. Is it, you know, does God really still deliver people? Does God still do miracles? 
Does God, you know, does God really look out for his own? Uh, or, or do I need to say, Lord, come quickly, get me out of this mess? Or will God really give me a life, an abundant life? Amen. Is that still available? I mean, we got all kinds of ways of looking at it. But that's what's happening. So now they're all arguing. You know, and it's hard to argue your, your case when you didn't get nothing done. That's why I said, oh, unbelieving generation. Boys, boys, you've been with me how long now? And you're letting a little boy that's going into a seizure get you, get the best of you? Come on now. And then you're letting everybody else, you know, you know, you know get to you by arguing with you. And come on now. I mean, how much do you, you know, how much do you believe this? Now, just please, you know, I'm, 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 I'm working something here. You know, how much do you believe it? Because you, I mean, until you really get it alive inside of you, it's, it, you know, the, all it takes is a circumstance to knock you off it. All it takes is an enemy to, you know, slide in there, slither in there, and somehow get you convinced otherwise. Come on, somebody. All it takes is somebody's words that, you know, they're, they're not in support of it or they don't agree with you. Come on, somebody. And that's all it takes. And it knocks you off your stand. So is your believing locked on and committed here or is it, you know, is it just kind of in and out? And you have to decide that. Because it's that locked on, committed believing, that faith Amen. That's relying on him regardless that gets the job done. So he says, oh, unbelieving generation, you know, what's, where, what, what's the deal here? Okay. Now, do you think he's, do you think Jesus is down on people? I mean, I, I think Jesus is in love with people. Don't you think? Even the stinker. Right? He's in love with people, right? Now, sometimes, you know, people need to be corrected or they need to be addressed on something. And that, that's, you know, so, so smile real big at your neighbor. Say, we're getting addressed today. God's in love with you. There's no condemnation. There's no guilt. We've all been guilty of these kind of things. I said we've all been guilty of these kind of things. There was a lot of times we said we were believing. We weren't really believing. There's a lot of them times we thought we were in faith when we really weren't in faith. Don't point at your neighbor. That's not, not, come on, right? Come on now. We've all been in these places. All right? And then we get upset, just like he's upset here. How come nothing's getting done? Nothing's changing. God, where are you when I need you? You still with me? So the father's going through his story again. He says, how often he has thrown him both into the fire and into the water to destroy him. But, you know, hey, if you can do anything, have compassion on us and help us. Now, the majority of believers are in verse 22. I can't even tell you how many times I've heard that kind of thing. Well, I just don't understand why God ain't doing this. It ain't on God. God has never changed. Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He still delivers. He still heals. He still protects. He still will cover you. Come on, somebody. He still does miracles. He still, man, He wants you to believe for the impossible. He, he has given you permission to believe for the unusual. I mean, none of that's changed. 
So there's only one contingency. There's only one common denominator. And that's us. And whether or not we're going to believe or not. Believe like he said. Are you still with me? Take a deep breath. It's okay. But, I mean, isn't it, wouldn't it be worthy of getting the answers if we need it? If you can do anything, have compassion on us and help us. Well, first off, he can do. Nothing's impossible with him. Uh, you know, he's able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that you could ask or think. Amen. But it's according to what's at work within you. So he can do anything. And do you think Jesus was a man that, that didn't operate? Uh, you know, did he operate without compassion? He always operated on compassion. Come on. He's very compassionate. So we know that he could do. We know that he operates in compassion. Amen. We, how many believe that he's always out to help? Come on, right? So here we go. If you, see the father's trying to put it on him. If you can do anything... Have compassion on us and help us. Jesus answered, right? Verse 23, Jesus said to him, if you. Now you think, somebody would say, well, that's being rude to this poor dad. He ain't being rude. He just said, listen, do you want to walk away from here with your boy delivered or not? There's no, there's no condemnation here. There's no guilt. There's no shame. He just says, listen, if you want your boy delivered then you're going to have to hook up right. I got about 10 thoughts that just hit me all at once right there. And I thought, just take your time, be cool. All right. Jesus said to him, if you can believe, all things are possible to him who believes. Right? Verse 24 now. Immediately, the father of the child cried out and said with tears, Lord, I believe. Help my unbelief. Now, everything that we're telling you right now, you have to understand that it isn't like you have to uh, you know, like it's going to have to take years for you to get this. This father got it within seconds. It clicked. He recognized, I'm an unbelief. I'm an unbelief. I came here to you, but yet in all honesty, I'm, I'm not really believing. The unbelief, okay, uh, it, it means disbelief. Literally means unfaith untrust, get this, it refers to being disengaged, disconnected, or deactivated. So when you talk about unbelief, it just means you're, you're like it says, unbelief. Doubt, many times we've done studies on doubt, right? Doubt, mean, it comes from dis or two or twice or again, which means a second thought. Doubt is about a second thought that comes, but unbelief just literally means because of the circumstance or the situation, you unplug your belief. It's disengaged now. It's, it's unconnected now. And all it takes is a circumstance. Come on, because see, you're, you're believing for something, 
And so you make your declaration or you take your stand of faith, and then all of a sudden, pow, that sucker happens again. And if you don't watch it, you've right there, you've allowed it now to tell you it ain't happening, it didn't work, and you unplug your faith. Well, I'm believing concerning addictions. Well, I still have the urge. That doesn't mean that your believing ain't working, but once you unplug your believer because of your urge, now you don't have help. So you gotta, you got to say, I'm not moved by the urge. I'm not moved by the pressure. I'm not moved by how it looks. I'm not moved by how I feel right now. I'm not moved by my emotions, my feelings. I'm not moved by your face. If we get moved by all that, what happens? All we've done then is like the vacuum. I remember one time being, actually, Trudy's got, got a better story of this. I think one of the few spankings she got as a kid. This would be fun. Let's share this one. Because I know you all thought she was perfect her whole life, but she was a little ornery cuss for a little while in there. Mom's vacuuming. All of a sudden, it shuts off. She walks back and realizes it came unplugged. Plugged it back in. Went back to vacuuming. Shuts off again. Walks back. I think she plugged it in again. Yeah, whatever, Trudy. Yeah, yeah, he ain't getting out of this one. All right. Back to vacuuming. Realized it come and plugged again. Is that what it was? She plugged it in and waited for you to come around the corner again. Yep. Did you get a spanking? Yeah! I got them all the time, but she, died. she hardly ever got any. Amen. I had a similar story and I had the same type deal. And yeah, we, my, my parents, they grew up, uh, well, my mom, we had Hot Wheel tracks. Remember the old yellow Hot Wheel tracks? She was a ninja. Mercy. Now somebody says, that's horrible. It worked. Amen. Praise the Lord. Let's, let's get spiritual here. Amen. Immediately the father of the child cries out and says with tears, Lord, I believe. Help my unbelief. There was something that clicked in him. And he realized, I've been disengaged. And he got it. He, he, he got it. It's just it's staying committed, staying locked on to this. You stay locked on, you get it. it. It only takes seconds to get it if you know what the problem is. 
Have you ever got involved doing something? You keep doing something, doing something, doing something, and just like nothing's clicking, and then all of a sudden it's like you get this bright idea, or all of a sudden it's like you just kind of got a revelation, and it's like, aha, and it just took just a little minute little adjustment, and all of a sudden everything's flowing and working like it should. That's the same way with most of our faith, because it don't take much faith to get a job done. If it's committed, if it's locked on, if it's up and down and all over the map, like James says, then you don't get anything. And don't even for a second get mad because you ain't getting anything because your faith is all over the map. You're up, you're down, you're in, you're out. Like the waves of the sea. So I'd rather get results. So talking about, uh, you know, our faith when it comes time to overcoming any area of our life, the means of success is our faith, is our believing. Okay, let's go on here because there's a lot said in this text. All right, so Lord, I believe. When Jesus saw the people come running together, in other words, all of a sudden everybody's like, what's going on? Everybody come Here they all come, right? He rebuked the unclean spirit, saying to it, deaf and dumb spirit, I command you, come out of him and enter him no more. And then the spirit cried out, convulsed him greatly, and came out of him. And he became as one dead. <gasps> so that many said, he's dead. It didn't work. It was worse now. <laughs> now he's dead. You killed him. No, 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 no. That's, that's exactly how it works. You finally make a stand, and all of a sudden, it looks like, oh, man, I'm going to stop praying because it's getting worse. I'm going to stop believing because it's getting worse. Now, it's just the enemy's last little last-ditch effort to try to, come on, somebody, that's when you can't let that stuff move. You stay locked on, say, you foul devil, get out of my house. You foul devil, get out of my body. You foul devil, amen, get out of my marriage, get out of my family, whatever. You foul spirit, I command you. Get loose. Get out of here. I, I command you to go in the name of Jesus. Amen. God, I'm spitting all over myself. Hallelujah. All right. So, Jesus wasn't moved by it. So he took him by the hand, lifted him up, and he arose. And when he had come into the house, his disciples asked him privately, why privately? Embarrassed. Why could we not cast it out? Okay. Now, Matthew's account, I should have probably gave you this text. Matthew's account of the same story, he, before he, he says, verse 29, he says, because of your unbelief. And then he says, however, this kind can come out, or pardon me, this kind can come out by nothing but prayer and fasting. Now, it's worthy of bringing all this up. So, first and foremost, like I said, Matthew's account deals with unbelief. You've unplugged. You let it, be, you let it move you. You let it get the best of you. You are, you are either moved by the circumstance or moved by everybody standing around watching. Because that's something. Well, you know, I, I, don't, I just don't do good work when everybody's around me. Well, you better learn. Because you got to be all alone for everything to start working. Come on now, I'm just saying. 
There's all kinds of things that the enemy, you know, pushes a button and pulls on this and totes on that and, and pushes here and pushes there. And you, gotta, you can't be moved by none of that. He says, you unplugged. And he says, but however, this, something like this, it takes, takes some praying and some fasting. Now, why is that? Does, is it because I'm trying to move God? See, why does it take prayer and fasting? Think about this. No, listen. Prayer is about communion between you and the Father. Am I right? Prayer isn't changing God. Prayer changes you. Come on now. Now, in the midst of certain prayer, depending on what we're talking about, there's prayer of petition, prayer of faith. There's uh, power of agreement. There's all kinds of different uh, prayer. There's uh, uh, travail. Come on, there's all kinds of prayer. Come on now. And in some of that, there's no doubt you're making a request unto God. Amen. But it's always your faith engaged. And as Jesus said, according to your faith, you get it. Come on. So it isn't your prayer that changes God. Your time spent with God is probably going to change you. Because it's in those moments with God, amen, that you find out that you're really not in faith. Or you're really not believing. Or the warfare that's going on is getting the upper hand in you right now. That's a fact. If you get into time of God with God and prayer with God, all of a sudden the Spirit of God begins to can talk to you about things, commune with you about things, and begins to show you this and show you that and reveal this and reveal that. See, you're called to walk in authority and dominion. And your time spent with God, He walks you through it. So the only one that gets changed in prayer is you. Amen. And then as you connect, amen, now we start shifting and changing things, uh, you know, in the seen realm or the unseen realm, depending on what we're praying about. But at first and foremost, it's about changing you. Now, hang on. How about fasting? <sighs> to abstain from, that's what it's referring to. Fasting could be all kinds of things. It could deal with food. It could deal with the television. The internet. Huh? We go into some other stories and then I have to get on all kinds of rabbit trails. So we better leave that alone. But there is, uh, there is a thing called fasting. Does fasting change God? No. Now you all know the answer. That's good. But do you believe that answer? Yes. See, fasting isn't um, a... Uh, uh, what do you call that when they... Uh, they starve themselves for uh, to what? What? No, 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 not that. Uh, I'm talking about like, uh, huh? No, uh, hunger strike. That's what I'm thinking. It ain't a hunger strike. Thank you. Hooked up here. It's not a hunger strike. So if it's a hunger strike, I'm if I, I'm just not going to eat till God does something. This ain't a hunger strike. I'm trying to show you, see, because sometimes we start thinking about prayer and about fasting that if I do enough of it, God is going to somehow have enough compassion on me. And we're going to be talking like the, like the Father did in verse 22. If you can do anything, have compassion on me and help me. When all along, it's like, 
Yeah, you might as well go eat. <laughs> Absolutely. Because if that's, if that's really what, how you're thinking, you might as well go eat. Okay? Because it ain't you starving yourself that somehow moves God. It's about moving you. Because it's about taking authority over your flesh. Now remember, he said to them, who? Disciples. Why did he say this to them? This is an intricate question. Why did he say it to them? Because they asked, right? How come? How come we couldn't cast it out? Why couldn't we do that? You're too moved by the natural. You unplugged your faith. And you're caught up in it. You were more moved by what was going on with the small boy, how the dad was looking at you because you weren't getting results, or how the, the, the scribes were standing back there going, yeah, I told you. Come on, right? The point is, how many times in our life, by those circumstances, do they dictate and we don't press through and get our answer? So it's going to take sometimes prayer and fasting to get authority over your flesh, Get authority over your mind. Get authority over your walk. Get authority over your talk. Get authority on your pressing in. Amen. Take a stand. Amen. If you need to be, when the Spirit of God says you're really not in faith, you go, yes, sir, all right, all right. You get this baby back on gear, praise God. Amen. Get yourself plugged back in. This is what it's about. Making a difference in you so that don't get to you anymore. Sometimes the only reason you're still in that mess is because it gets to you. So he said, well, duh. Right back at you. Duh. Right? See, because when you can say, I ain't moved by it. See, you're not, you're not believing because you just say I'm believing. And you're not, I'm saying it again, and you're not in faith just because you think you're in faith. See, when you're locked on, when you are committed to this, you know it. There, the, question even in, you know, the question isn't even there about, well, you know, am I believing? Am I not? You don't even have to go there because you already, you already locked on, you know it. But when you're not and you go into a place of prayer and fasting, it's like that's when God says, all right, I've you know, got you in a place here. I can talk to you now. Right. Yeah. I mean, think about how many times if God could just talk to you. We get so busy and so going along and the whole time God was trying to talk to you about this is, this is why that keeps hanging you up. Yeah. Yeah. You hear me now? Sometimes just a simple little thing. And so God says, I need you to kind of somehow get yourself out of all of it. Get authority over your mind and your flesh. Let me communicate with you. Amen. Because it might be just as simple from verse 22 to verse 23. Come on. Or actually, I should say from verse actually 23 to verse 24 here. Where he just says... It's you, sir. And he goes, it is me. You're right. That took, what, 13 seconds? 
Sometimes we don't, we don't take any time to, to let God say one thing to us. To just, boom, get that thing just right in check. All it takes is just a little bit of tweak. Is that a valid word? A little tweak on your believing, and all of a sudden, it's now plugged in. Amen. Mom can keep vacuuming. Anybody hearing me? All of a sudden, it's moving. See, it doesn't have to be something that complicated. God is not moved by your background, your past, your looks, your color, your education, social status, financial status. All he's moved by is your faith. You know, are you gonna are you gonna believe him? Are you gonna are you gonna be committed to this thing? And when you do that, press on, you, you, you make that valid connection, bang, you pull out whatever it is out of the unseen, and it manifests in the scene. Amen. Things begin to shift and change. That's simple. Still with me? Yeah. All right. Praise God. Hallelujah. I think I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to close with this, and then we're going to take communion today. Um, Sometimes um, folks that struggle with this, um, it just comes down to the fact we're not committed. Um, You know, I say something like that, you know, you have the opportunity to be offended or not, Um, but you know, I, you, you get on these kind of subjects and we, we think, you know, you know, I am believing or I will be committed or I will stay with this. And, and, and yet, think about the things, just, just please, just hear me out, just the thought I'm having. We, we, we can't stay committed long enough to stay in prayer on a daily basis can't stay committed enough to stay in the Word and meditate on the Word on a daily basis. So we have a hard time giving God the first part of our day. Or whatever. I mean, maybe some people do it more in the evening. Okay, that's fine. Um, we, can't, we can't stay locked onto the house of God. Got quiet in this Holy Ghost house. Okay, we waver with that. Okay, so you, 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 you're having a hard time committing with just some basic things. Okay, a hard time committing uh, concerning your increase, your finance. Now, I think it's valid talking these things. Because here we are now pressing to overcome an area of our life. And we're not, we, we, we struggle and strain at some things that really should be fairly simple. Okay, I don't say it to condemn. I say it for this reason. Sometimes... That's all it takes is just lock on, stay committed, stay locked on. Amen? And you're going to start seeing results. Are you still with me? 
And so it's, it's no different. Amen. I, I, I commit my time to Him. I commit my energies to Him. I, com- I mean, you think about just all that God wants to do, and yet we just, we're just so up and down with things. And so stop and so I say this for this reason, because maybe that's just, you know, that stuff that's happening here and happening there and happening here and happening there. Maybe it's just a sign of what's going on in here. So today it's a challenge to you. Commit to it. If you're going to believe to overcome, if your means of success is how you press in and believe by being committed, then stay with it. Get a victory. Amen. Some of you have been getting victories. Amen. Praise the Lord. But, but we, want, we want a victory in all areas. And so if you, if you are going before God and the Spirit of God begins to bring to your attention about how locked on you are, give heed to it, all right? Because it doesn't take much, amen, doesn't take much adjustments many times, and all of a sudden the start, thing starts rolling and working like it should. Are you with me? Yeah. All right, look at your neighbor and say, stay committed to this. Amen. amen. Let's uh, have my ushers come forward, if you will. We're going to go ahead and take communion today, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Are you with me? All right. Let's go ahead and get uh, get that all moving along here. God is good. Now, uh, the Lord's, um, just a second here. Um, Actually, you know what? Let's go ahead. Yeah, let's go ahead and start handing out communion elements. Praise God. And then I'm going to read something here. And I thought this was a good day to do this because uh, really what the Lord's table is, many times even referred to as a covenant of commitment. And so uh, what we're doing here is a confession of our love and commitment unto God. All right? God is already, you know, that's why the elements and what they represent, um, you know, the body and, and, and the blood, amen. It's a representation of God's Commitment of love and, you know, uh, you know, or a love and commitment, pardon me, a confession of love and commitment unto you because of the fact that He sent His Son, His only begotten Son. Jesus, amen, laid down His life, and because of that, that was a confession of His love and commitment unto you, amen. And when we partake of communion, it is a confession of our love and commitment unto Him. You with me? Amen. Now, thank you. Appreciate that. Okay, appreciate that. If you don't know Jesus, this would be a good time to accept Him. Amen. Amen. I... Uh, um, I've shared before, you know, my uh, part of my testimony on that, that um, I, I didn't get saved when I walked forward in a church or something. I got saved driving in a car, and I think it stuck. <laughs> and, uh, but I heard the truth um, by a gentleman that ministered, uh, you know, and, you know, in a church service, and I heard uh, the need for Jesus, and, and uh, later on, an uncle of mine, uh, encourage me, amen, to make that 
commitment to him. And uh, one day, uh, driving home, uh, I just knew in my heart I needed to call out and make Jesus Lord of my life. And I knew in my heart it worked. I was never the same. Amen. And so, you know, if you're in here today and you've never done that, this would be a good time to do that. Amen. Hallelujah. So I think we're going to do this together. And, uh, and if by chance that's you here today, and I'd like you just to make sure you talk to me before you leave here today, and I'd like to bless you with something and also like to pray with you personally. But everybody say this out loud. Say, Lord Jesus, I receive you as my Lord, as my Savior. I confess you as Lord because I believe it in my heart. I choose you. Thank you, Lord, for saving my soul. Thank you, Lord, for delivering me from hell and making me heaven bound. I receive it, I thank you for it, and I'm committed to it in Jesus' name. Now, did anybody in here do that for the first time? I just want you, if, you, if it was you, wave at me if it was somebody in here for the first time. Okay, just checking here. Now, Rick, when you did that, the greatest miracle could ever happen to a person happened when you did that for the first time with Jesus, Right? Greatest miracle could happen. And all it took was you making a confession of faith and believing it in your heart. Greatest miracle, all right? Now, the point being made is this, okay? Sometimes it's something that simple, something just that easy that could change your life forever. So whatever it is you're believing for today, whatever it is, amen, you're making a stand for today, Amen. When we partake, receive. Receive. Amen. Amen. So, let me read something to you real quick. This is Paul talking to the church of Corinth. For I received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus on the same night in which He was betrayed took bread. And when He had given thanks, He broke it and said, Take, eat, this is my body which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In other words, it represents a body, amen, that was broken. Come on. Why? So you could receive healing, wholeness, breakthrough. Come on now. In the same manner, he also took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. This do, and as often as you drink it, do it in remembrance of me. Amen. As often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim or you declare or you speak of or you profess the Lord's death. In other words, the price paid, come on, till He comes, amen, which speaks of commitment. As often as you do this. Now, when I'm believing and standing for something, um, I partake, all right? I pretty much do this on a weekly basis, sometimes a couple times a week. Um, if I'm believing God for healing in my body, I will, I will go take communion. I'm believing for a breakthrough, con- something concerning the whole house, family, whatever, I, 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 church, whatever. I might go make a stand and make, you know, take communion. Come on, somebody, and make my stand. Amen. 
So as often as you do this, it doesn't say you have to do it, you know, it doesn't say how, how often you should do it. It just says as often as you do it, you do it in remembrance of Him. All right? So what we're going to do together, we're going to do this in remembrance of Him, a body that was broken. Amen? So right now, if you have need of healing in your body, amen, if there's things that you're dealing with concerning, you, you know, your physical being, amen, mind, emotions, whatever, amen, this right here, as often as you do it, you're doing it in remembrance of Him. Amen. Go ahead and partake. Amen. And then it said, as often as you drink this cup, you do it in remembrance of Him. The new covenant in His blood, a better covenant established on better promises. Amen. You're forgiven. You're redeemed. You're purchased. You're part of a family. Amen. No matter what you've done, no matter where you've been, what you come through, this blood takes care of it. It's a representation of that. Just, you know. All right. So anyway, as often as you do this, as you drink this, you do it in remembrance of Him. Let's go ahead and partake. Father, we give you praise, glory, and honor today. That is... Hallelujah. Our commitment, our confession, if you will, of our love for you, of our commitment to you. It's our heart, Lord, to stay in faith, to stay locked on until you come, as the scripture says. This is our commitment. Father, we thank you for your commitment unto us. We thank you, Father, for sending your son. We thank you that through your son, praise God, we have redemption because of the blood of Jesus, because of a body that was broken, because of a price that was paid, because of a death, a burial, and a resurrection. Praise God, we can walk free indeed because of your confession of love and commitment unto us. We receive it today. We give you praise for it. And we give you thanks in the name that's above every name, the name of Jesus. Amen and amen. Give the Lord a praise. Come on, somebody. Thank you for joining us for this message. We'd like to take this opportunity to encourage those listening from anywhere in Central Oregon to join us Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. and Wednesday evenings at 7 p.m. for our regular services. We understand that many do not have a home church, and we can't emphasize enough the importance of connecting with a church family. We'd be honored to meet you and spend time with you, praising God.